Well, it has been a while since our last Femi and Frey broadcast podcast. How are you, my friend? Doing well. We're breaking our silence here. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, our two-week silence that we're breaking here, but uh, you know, a lot has changed since, <laughs> since we last spoke. I guess, I mean, maybe not as much has changed. Maybe it's just come to light more so. But uh, right, yeah. But uh, interesting times that we're living in right now. I'm, uh, I'm doing well, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I, I you know, I was thinking about that, Femi. This, this has been these past few months have felt like a lifetime oh of gosh. of changes and ups and downs and and ebbs and flows of you know society and and illnesses and coronavirus and no sports which is what we love to cover and what we do and now such an important time in our lives going on in the streets of a of america um and you know what it's pretty awesome it's awesome to see because Gosh darn it, man! It, this is ridiculous. You know what yeah. I mean? We we don't we don't we are not in the '60s. We are not in the 1800s anymore. It it let, let's like and and for a lack of better words, my friend, let let's grow up, folks. Right? <laughs> one one would hope. And and before we even dive into it um, deeper, uh, you mentioned just that the past three months. I mean, I was yeah. reflecting earlier this week. I was like, oh my gosh, like. In, in less than a month, we will be halfway through 2020. And I think for a lot of people, 2020 <laughs> has been like, oh, my gosh, what? Like, it, it's pretty much what could go wrong has gone wrong. Essentially. R- right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like with the COVID-19. I mean, it felt like we were off to such a really good first two and a half months. It's like, OK, new decade. We're turning the yeah. page. You know, 2019 <laughs> wasn't even great in its own self. Uh, but like we're turning the freight, uh, fresh start and all this stuff. And then the coronavirus hits. And then now what we have going on uh, in, in recent times over the last week or so, it's just kind of just every time you just, we're just getting hit with body shot after body shot. And uh, it feels like we're on the ropes. But uh, ho- hopefully we got a little more fight left in us as uh, we approach the halfway point here. <laughs> oh, we, we have to. And, you know, as you say, the first two and a half months, I, I go back to that Sunday afternoon in January when my son came out of his room and said, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. Yeah. Oh my I, I gosh. Don't I, even, feel like I didn't even this, mention that. <laughs> right. That that feels like what a year ago and it was in Goodness. January and such a horrible day. And, you know, a, a guy that made such a huge difference bringing people together. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just like, everything's been kind of off kilter and it's weird as I hear you say 2020, what, what is 2020? And, other than a TV show on ABC, uh, <laughs> what is twenty twenty? Right? Isn't that perfect vision? Yeah, it's supposed like to be. isn't that clarity? It's supposed and, to be clarity. You know, some things are very much coming into full view this year. A lot of the failings for our country, as far as preparations for something like coronavirus, and a lot of failings for our country when it comes to uh, equal rights and and you know. People just being treated across the board like human beings, you know, uh, there, I mean, we, we could do volumes and hours, uh, because I, I would like to say this, uh, we have a mutual respect and like for one another. Yeah. And, and I, I, you're my favorite guy to talk to about everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's no one I, I, I do do this type of, stuff with and talk about sports especially but when it comes to just everything in general i love your perspective 
Um, and, and I know we got, got a lot here. Where, where do you want to start? Where, where, where do we, where do we begin? Where do we go? Well, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like we can just dive right into the obvious point. Obviously, I mean, sure. if anyone who's listening to this, obviously I'm sure knows that, uh, George Floyd after his death, um, at the hands of the police out there in Minneapolis and then, and really what it sparked for a lot of this country is just, you know, it's like, Hey, enough is enough. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially, uh, I mean, we're a couple sports guys. So to tie it into sports, you see a lot of these teams now. Uh, putting out videos or statements or different like letters and all that stuff. Some of them it's, they could be better, but at least it's a start. But for some of them have been really impactful um, and, and calling out what is wrong with uh, America right now. And it's one of those things that it's always constantly kind of been around, but it's, it's like the unspoken elephant in the room in our society. And I think what you're seeing with a lot of these protests is that like, Hey, like, this can't be the elephant in the room anymore. We need to like speak about this and not be afraid to bring up racial injustice, police brutality, and just equality in general. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about those things because they affect us. And the only way that we're going to improve or eventually get to what we all want is in some sort of utopia is if we actually acknowledge that these things exist and try to talk about it and condemn it when we see wrongs wrongdoings and you know and just not put up with it anymore and i think that's really what you're seeing and why the protests have continued since i mean we saw it in, the, in the twin cities i think it was wednesday or thursday when we saw mm-hmm. the first ones and since then every single day in our country i mean in seattle where i think we're on day six or seven now of, right. of, of people marching and uh for racial injustice and i think the message is being sent loud and clear of hey yeah like we need this to stop. Like, like this has got to stop. And we need you to pay attention and to listen to what we're saying. And if you're listening right now, well, listen some more because this has been going on for hundreds of years. And we got some stuff that we want to tell you while we got your attention. I, I kind of felt like by the fact that the protests keep going on and of which I say, do it. You know, that, that, that's your right as Americans, no yeah. matter um, who, who you are, if that's what you want to do. But I, you know what always strikes me before any of this is, you know, unfortunately, we've all been to funerals, right? Yeah. And, and there's that, that moment where someone, you know, obviously you, you would care about if you're at a funeral where there's that moment of loss. And then it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I really got to take, I really got to love every moment, live every day, maybe not take things as, so seriously and really embrace life a little better and you have that that moment right you leave the church maybe it's that dinner that night and then you just kind of go right back into life as it was yep and and it's not like you're making some impactful change like okay you leave the church that day or, or wherever the funeral was or whatever and you're like i'm gonna you know uh, yeah maybe i should do that but but what what are you doing to change and I know it's such a, a morbid comparison, but we've had things as far as inequality goes in this country and we've stopped and we've known there's been a, a protest here, a protest there, there's been marches. Okay. Yeah. We should do this. We should really pay. Th- and then, then where, do, where does everybody go? Like they need to, there needs to be change. Yeah. There, it needs to be done and it needs to be done in the, the, the correct way. Um, I don't think you can, have sweeping policy change just like you know carmen best and mayor durkin just being like okay this is what we're gonna do. boom 
Uh, it has to go through the right channels. That's that's government. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And but it but it needs to be needs to be done. It can't just be shaken off, and and, yeah. and any anymore. And and you know? you know, and that's one of the things that like I've been thinking about now over the last week is that like as much and as encouraging it is to see as many people speaking up about it. I mean, because usually these things you just heard it from the black community and just a handful of others. But now you're seeing the white community. It's like a, a lot of people are speaking up on this issue. And I'm not sure as to why. It might be because we're in a pandemic and maybe everybody is kind of hyper-focused on just whatever they're consuming in terms of media. There's not as many distractions right now. It's You can't really go on vacation. You can't turn on the NBA or NHL playoffs or your baseball game or whatever. Like we are, we're all kind of just waiting around, waiting out this pandemic. And for this to happen during that time, I think – it really has, I guess, shine, shown an extra light on really kind of what's going on here. And I just hope that momentum doesn't stop. You know, I was on uh, KJR yesterday with uh, Ian Furness. We both know Ian. Ian's a great guy. Oh, yeah. A great uh, interview, by the way. Yeah, I enjoyed it. appreciate that. But he, he asked me, he's like, he's like, do you think that like we're making progress? And I'm like, you know what? I mean, it's, you can't, you're not going to be able to tell within a week if we're making progress. Like, it's, it'd be impossible for me to be like, Oh, a week later, we are better off. I do think that we've raised a lot of awareness, which is a key thing. And the fact that awareness is being raised and you're seeing people, like I mentioned, that don't usually speak up about these issues, you hope that they're motivated enough or they're touched enough or maybe they've been challenged to think a little bit differently than they normally would um, during more normal health times that maybe that can help evoke a little bit of change because this is an issue that not only is it systemic, but it also is societal. And it's like, it's going to be condemning and having uncomfortable conversations with people that you know and love, whether it be family or friends or, you know, these inner circles, people who are more likely to listen to you than they would be to listen to a Mayor Jenny Durkin or a police chief Carmen Best or some of the uh, civil rights activists that we have in our community you know that th- that's the hope that we get, that we're hoping for out of this uh week long awareness of what racial injustice has been like over the past hundreds and hundreds of years here in america i uh, yeah because it's going to it's going to take some time right i mean so that that r- right along with what you're saying but i think as everybody chimes in and and celebrities and people like me and you or coworkers or different stuff uh, and it's weird, I think, for a lot of people in the media sometimes because you need to. Um, I, I don't know if our platforms are exactly, if you want to call it, I, I'm not a big fan of the word platforms, but it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think celebrities and sports stars reach more people. You know what I mean? I, I think we're, we're yeah. just kind of focused on, you know, staying in our lane, so to speak, maybe. I, I mean, but this gives us a chance to, to talk about those things. But I think more than anything, we got to be white people need to listen. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like stop trying just to say something to say something really just listen, hear what is being said by our fellow human beings here. And, and, and maybe you, you, we, a white person won't fully understand it. Right. Yeah. Be, because it's to walk in anybody's shoes. You, you, you really, but you have to have empathy. You have to understand it in a way, you, you know, you can never be fully like, I'll never under, I'll never understand what it's like to be Chris Carson running into 
you know, two, 300 pound defensive tackles. Yeah. Right? That, that's, I, I will never have that perspective, <laughs> but I, but I will feel for him when he comes off the field and know like, God, that must hurt. You know what I mean? And on yeah. the basic micro level, just what that means for our, our other human beings. But I, we, we are so lucky that we get to talk to these guys and a lot of the athletes and over the years, and I've been here a while in Seattle. I, I used to love, I, I always, enjoy, I don't know. I think you do too. The Seahawks press conferences are, are always interesting. We've had some f- fantastic players come, come, come through in the years. And I think I, I listened a lot to, I mean, Richard Sherman and, you know, certain cultural things and words, whether you're Italian or, or Asian or uh, African-American, whatever, there's certain words in a culture that maybe you don't quite grasp, right? Yep. There was one day in, in a press conference where Sherman explained to the folks in the meeting room the, the word thug and how that is just a terrible word. Yeah. And like, you, you can't call people that. Like that is, is just not a good thing. And when I saw the leader of our country put that on a tweet, I was just like, he he doesn't under he doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, he, it, you it, know, or or worse, he understands, but he just wants to divide. I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, exactly, right? I mean, the words carry a lot of weight, which is why I'm like, if you're gonna talk on this, you you know, if they're gonna be celebrities and people, really know what you're saying rather than just saying stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's. Do you really? This is such a critical time for so many people. Um, that that words carry so so much weight. It's it's. Uh, I, I've never seen any, anything like it. Um, but I'm appreciative of of er, all sorts of cultures, but especially now, I'm I'm, I'm trying to listen to to what is being said. You know, and, and I think listening is it's the point that I tried to make with a. With when I my last sports cast this past Monday, it's the point a lot of people have been making is like listening and having that empathy. You know, like it, it, for me, being a black man, it's like it, it's an interesting position in America because on one hand, my race, I am in the, in the minority and I'm one of the people who's oppressed or dealing with just equality issues, but then also my gender as a man, I do understand what it feels like to be a, a man who in an, in an American society, men, we tend to get the privilege over women. So it's kind of like, I know what it's like on one spectrum to be someone who is privileged, but then on another spectrum of my race, it's like, okay, now I understand, like, like, obviously I grew up being black, so I'm like, all right, I know that there's injustices against me. So I feel like it's given me an interesting perspective in terms of, like, especially with the when the Me Too movement came out, I was like, okay, wow, like, these are things that are happening to women across the board this yeah. is awful i can relate to that because i look at my position as being a black person in america and i'm like wow these things happen to me x y and z or this is how i'm treated so it's easy for me to relate to someone who else who might be also suffering an, an injustice or suffering some other issues that are at play here and it's it's kind of just like a it, it's it's kind of just trying to listen to somebody and put your like you said, it's you're never going to be able to relate to Chris Carson running into the line of scrimmage, but you can at least listen to how he explains it or what he mm-hmm. says. Hey, this is what it takes, or whatever, and then try to empathize with him once you understand what he's saying. But 
oftentimes, especially like social media is probably one of the worst places to have these conversations. These are conversations that need to be face to face or over the phone just because social media, it's 280 characters and then so many other things. There's interruptions all throughout the conversation because then somebody else can hop in and another person chimes in, something else gets retweeted or shared. And it's like, it just becomes a thing in, in itself. And it's just, it's not a great venue for serious conversations. But if you can have these conversations in person, that's where I think some real growth can happen to where you can sit down with somebody, look them eye to eye or zoom, zoom to zoom or whatever we're using these days and, and have these conversations and say, Hey, like, this is why I feel the way I do for somebody. And from my perspective, this is why we're saying these things. This is what we deal with. Please try to understand. Right. Like it's, it's just like, that's just one of the things that has, I hope people are grasping that when, when they when they when they're when they're consuming all the media and what's going on, I mean, we saw the protests over the weekend, and I mean, I guess we can go and transition to that as just a lot of the looting, and that was really one of the main things I wanted to get across was just like, hey, the looting is awful. Uh, we should condemn the looting. Nobody is saying that that is the best approach. And heck, loot like there's a difference, a big difference between protesting and looting. Looting is taking advantage of a situation, and as we saw, a lot of people do across the country and while that is as bad as it is i'm like we also need to make sure we stay on topic and Mm -hmm. speak about why we got here in the first place and that is police brutality racial injustice and uh stuff that's been facing the black and brown community for years well it seemed like on saturday and i was not there i was out of town and we were uh my family were coming back and everything was kind of happening it seemed like at the front end of the protest, it was a, it was a protest. And it yep. seemed once I got through downtown, everything just kind of fell apart. And the sad part is that becomes the focus and the message is lost. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think it was Michael, our friend, Michael Bumpus uh, last night had a tweet about like, let's not forget why, what this is all about, you know? And it's about what you just said you know, the racial injustice and George Floyd, that's, you know, it, it, has there ever been a time you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's, that's definitely it. And the, the looting stuff, I, I just, I've had things stolen from me. Uh, I'm sure you have too. I just Mm -hmm. think it's a terrible feeling uh, to be on the other end of that. Um, I, I just don't, that, that to me, I, I, I thought that that was a bummer. Because that's like everybody's, I don't know, I don't know if I articulate this correctly. I, I don't like to see my city destroyed. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I want there to be protests. I want people to call attention to, to, to what happened and make and, and, and be the, uh, a, con- a conduit for change and get, get rolling. I, I just don't like destruction. That, 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 that's just me. But at the same time, sometimes wars, right, destroy cities. And that's how things get done. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, I think it's a little example. You could end up, you know, going over and over different ways talking about stuff. But I mean, what happened in, in Minnesota that you, you can feel you could feel the rage in the streets. I mean, where where America, if you have a television or a computer, saw a man murdered. Yep. Right, right there. You know what I mean? Uh, that that was terrible. I, was, I remember watching it with my daughter. 
who, you know, I look at my kids and, you know, they're, they're the hope, right? They're the, the, the young people coming up. They, they need to, to, to be aware and, and help their fellow human beings and be the agents of change as, as they are the ones that will be taking a lot of the responsibility. And, and, you know, we just looked at each other like, what the hell, you know, (laughs) I still, I, I, it's still, I I think, I don't know about you, but last night I saw some video of of that happening again. And, and by all means for me, I don't, this is not me comparing one to the other, but the reaction I have and I'm glad it's that because it's so horrible is remember when Theismann broke his leg Yep. and you turn away. Right. Oh no. Yeah. From, from the TV. It's, it's gruesome. <laughs> like to me, I mean, Joe Theismann lived, obviously I'm not, I'm not, I'm not equating the two, but that's how I feel. I'm like, why, you know, and, and I started thinking about, it. you know, war correspondents don't show death on the battlefield. You, you, you know, you don't see those type of things. A lot of war, movies don't, really show you know depending on, on what they are i mean we there, there was a man that was murdered right right there by 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 a police officer <laughs> so i mean that that's the basis of what's going on here and it, it was just horrible it, it 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 is not it's the not even a part of being human like why would you do that you know yeah, and and, like, and I think the frustrating part of it is that it's because, well, the frustrating part is that justice does not get served. Oftentimes, I mean, in, a, in an attempt not to go too deep into things and go way too deep, but um, it's it's like you'll see maybe the police union and the, it's a very mm-hmm. strong union, and yeah, it's whether you get the unpaid or the or the paid leave and, or some some hole, some hole, some loophole intention. It's like you'll get a loophole where somebody maybe is then not charged, or you know, it's it's just that I think is the frustration for a lot of folks. Of like, hey, people are getting murdered, but then the murderers are getting off or or getting a lenient punishment, or they get fired and then they end up at another department somewhere else down the line. And it's like it's like wow, like at all these steps. It's the justice system and all that stuff telling you that, hey, you don't really matter that much. You know, that's why there is the, the phrase mm-hmm. black, black Lives Matters, because a lot of times people are reminded, hey, yeah, you don't matter. Somebody can murder you on camera for millions to see. And the officer has a smirk on his face with three other guys standing around watching him do it and just thinking, hey, all right, yeah, this is kind of another day at the office. This is just standard protocol of what we do. And it's like, wow, like how comfortable can you be to where you do that with a camera pointing at you? Yeah. (laughs) And that's, uh, that's as much unsettling as, (laughs) as as what ultimately happened. You know, like if, if there's a pretty stiff penalty out there, like you, you, you really put it well, you know, if there's a steep penalty, then maybe that would stop you know, a police officer or someone from doing that. And I, and I, I think we need to clarify it. Not, not all police are bad. We, we've seen wonderful images across the country <laughs> of, of people trying to, to make a, a, a connection with protesters. And uh, I think the sheriff in Flint, Michigan really, you know, was an example of that. Uh, but, but down the line, like how, I, I, I don't know. These are like huge questions, you, you know, but, yeah. but the, but the bottom line, 
correct me if I'm wrong. It's just between right and wrong and being a human being. I know that you don't do that to somebody, especially when they're, they're not resisting arrest. They're already in handcuffs and there's four of you to one of him, yeah. you know, and it, and it does that. And I'm right with you. It needs to stop. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I felt so inclined to speak up because I'm like, this is not a debate. Like, I'm not debating policy or I'm not speaking about policy. I'm not speaking about tax reform or or whatever. Like, this is not a, like you should we should all be on the same side with this topic. Right. You know, like, like, like it shouldn't be, hey, I say racial injustice is bad. And you say, well, but like that should not be the case. No. Unfortunately, in some places. I know social media can kind of it, things get murky there with who's actually a real person and who's a bot and all that stuff. So I don't want to feed too much into that. But then you do see real people say, well, yeah, but or so and so what happened before this started rolling? It's like it doesn't matter what happened before. He ended up getting murdered. The fact is he got murdered with a wildly amount of unnecessary force with three other officers standing by. And, and unfortunately the video so vividly paints a metaphor of what racism in America has been like, you know, it's like you have something, you see it and people just turn a blind eye or turn the other cheek because we all have things going on in our lives. Life is tough as is, and everyone's kind of consumed with what they have going on. But, if you just turn a blind eye to things, things will never change. And people will keep telling you, Hey, help us, help us. And you say, well, you know, I didn't really see it or it doesn't really affect me. So uh, I'm going to keep going on with my day. And the officers who were standing by, that's equivalent to people just kind of silently just looking on and being like, well, I guess that's what's happening today. <laughs> like, and you know, it's with as many videos as we've seen. And it's almost, it's like you get used to seeing it unfortunately but we can't get used to that like even though this is right. something that has happened year and year and year out year and year out we have to condemn it every single time we see it because that's the only way that actual punishment will happen and hopefully through that we can get police reform because everyone mentions police reform this police reform that it's like the way you do police reform is to arrest prosecute and convict that's mm -hmm. the way you do it yeah. Is that if there are actual, like you said, actual repercussions for these actions, then hopefully you'll get less of this happening. Because unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's a good, pretty good chance we're going to be in this same situation six, seven, eight months from now. That's just kind of what life is like. Right. And, you know, it's just hopefully through this week of awareness and people are learning and people are having these conversations, maybe we can save a life or two. Because that's ultimately what we're trying to do. If, uh, as I said, if, if if what happened to George Floyd was not caught on video, oh my gosh, this isn't happening the same way, right? There's no way. I mean, it permeated. Everybody's got a computer and a phone. I mean, it just. And do you think that that has been a huge difference? Just because, like people, like you can see it now. You might be able. To it, it, it's it's different, right? Than like TV, radio, books, whatever. When you can see something and it can impact your core, that that that's huge. And I've seen signs say the person that took the video is is a national hero. I don't think they want that title, 
by all means, but they caught what is a problem. And why, you know, we, we need to, it, it, it needs to be addressed. And so that's, this is like, you can't hide from it. It's in everybody's face. Yeah. No, and I think that is the biggest thing right there is that you mentioned like, because there's a video seeing is believing, right? You know, like, like you might read about something or mm-hmm. something tells you about something, but it's never going to truly impact you unless you actually see it, whether by video or you see it firsthand as in you're in the situation and you're seeing it through your own eyewitness view. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, even just domestic violence, the, where sure. the conversation was before the Ray Rice video. I mean, we everybody knew that he had done it before the video came out. Like, right. there was a thing that came. It was Ray Rice commits domestic violence. And it was something, if you wanted to read the article, you could read up on it. If you didn't want to read it, you didn't read it. Right. And it was something that he, I think he was maybe suspended a game or two or whatever it was. It's a, back then. But then once the video came out, then everybody said, oh, my gosh, this is heinous. Right. Even though nothing had changed in terms of what he did, it's just that we finally saw the action. Right. And, and, that's, and think about what just that video coming out did for the discussion in terms of domestic violence in our country. It's advanced it greatly mm-hmm. after seeing that. You know, it's, it's something that people take seriously when they read about it. And now it's like, now we don't even need to see video. Even if you just read about it or it's speculated upon people like, oh my gosh, because we all have that video of Ray Rice in the elevator with his then fiance. And it's something that sticks with you forever. The George Floyd video, as unfortunate as as it is, obviously with George Floyd passing and condolences to his family, it will likely stick in a lot of people's brain. And you hope if that image sticks in their brain, then they understand what people are trying to fight, especially this week out there with the protests. And Femi, there there have been Wall Street tycoons, if you want to call them, that have fleeced Americans and corporations for millions of dollars. Oh my gosh. This man was being held and arrested and in handcuffs and ultimately gave his life for a $20 counterfeit bill. Yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, th- there's so many things on and on, but what I'm saying is when you start looking at the video, then you look at that and it goes even further. You realize how wrong it was, but I like to what you said there, there needs to, it, it, they need to be held accountable but bottom line. And you I mean, I, I think it goes down to anything. If, if, if there's a, a corresponding punishment, I mean, will, will that deter behavior a certain type? Like you're not just going to get off, you know, Uh, you you see it on the TV shows all the time, the internal affairs, right. (laughs) Uh, For, for police stations. I I don't, I'm I'm not in a police, but but I think that's who handles a lot of different things like that for. Yeah. um, Investigating. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it really is there. There's, and I, sometimes I'm, I don't have the words because it's, it's such a complicated, um, issue in regards to police and, and and that type of behavior but we also need police and authorities in our in our world because that like real bad things do happen you know oh, yeah. and, we, and we actually need help but you know how how are how are, sorry that that's the, the space needle parking lot sorry about that noise uh <laughs> You know, everybody needs to be held accountable just to be 
human beings and to to not treat others like that you know a base basic life rule right that that I, i've always been taught treat others the way you want to be treated that's the golden it, rule it's not that 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 hard to grasp you know um there's we we could talk and talk for for hours and i i love your perspective i i think there's kind of the sports thing that ties in how what are your thoughts on some of the stuff that Pete Carroll said in his podcast in regards to Colin Kaepernick and and all of that kind of uh you know corresponding type of pushback um in regards to the Seahawks ultimately not not signing Colin Kaepernick you know it's the the Seahawks Kaepernick thing and it's it's a little like Murky is the word I'm going to keep using, I guess. Yeah. Today. But, you know, it's even back then when it was going on of them bringing him in and then kind of seeing where his head was at and all that stuff, it's it's a little unclear as to what actually happened. I mean, there's reports mm-hmm. that suggest that the Seahawks might have asked Colin Kaepernick, hey, are you going to keep kneeling? And he said yes. And it was like, all right, well, I guess we don't, there's nothing else we need to discuss. You know, it's, or there's, there was, Pete Carroll said of, well, he's a starter. We don't think he's a backup, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like, and those types of things. And I mean, th- that's the one that we have on record of him saying, right. Uh, which then later on, which he said on his podcast recently saying that, Hey, Colin Kaepernick, w- we can learn a lot of lessons from him. Um, you know, it's, I, I guess I didn't buy the whole starter backup thing then just because I know like, Hey, quarterback is the most important position on the field. Wouldn't you want a good backup? Um, right. And all that stuff. And it's like, I never got the impression that Colin Kaepernick was ever really a distraction for the 49ers during the year that he, the last year he played and did it. I think if anything, I think it was came out that they voted him as teammate of the year or like the number one locker room guy uh, that season. Um, so I had, the whole and like it's going to be a circus if you bring him in i never really bought that because football teams have brought in plenty of different circuses or whatever and it's never really something that lasts and i think that would last either um but it's just yeah it it's an interesting thing to think back on now i feel like in a more general overall kind of sense a lot of people i think are finally getting it some haven't and we can get into that as well um, but I think a lot of people are finally understanding what Colin Kaepernick was talking about. And I think that as we go on, Kaepernick will be remembered a lot more fondly than some people were in uh, 2016. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's such an interesting uh, point that uh, of the NFL uh in my time covering the NFL here, it was, it was interesting to watch. Right. And I, I think the, the freedom of the flag and, and what you have as liberties as Americans is to, you know, make your own decisions. Right. I mean, we, we are like no other country in the world. And if that's what he wanted to do, and I think Nate Boyer, who was a uh, member long snapper at Texas, former m- Marine came in had a time with the Seahawks. He's been really able to, um, talk with Kaepernick and, and bring to light that, you know, everybody has a choice and you can make your decision. And while your decision might be to be, to take a knee, my decision is to stand because of my, my military background and we should not be offended by the other, mm-hmm. you, you know, that that's kind of, kind of what he says. And I, I don't know 
I was trying to understand, you know, the, 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 the taking the knee and, and, and the power of it. And I talked to Doug Baldwin one day about it. And I, I love Doug. I mean, I honestly think he could run for president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he, if that was something he wanted to do, I, I just think he's, he's incredibly smart and he's so tied in with like, like people. And he's got that, you know, you, you saw it, Femi. I mean, he's, he's just a winner's mentality. And we were talking about, the knee and I, I wanted to understand I wanted to listen right and he just kind of equated it to like you know when an, a teammate gets injured what do you do on a field yeah. you see you see kids take all, you take a knee right and he wasn't he's like there's not uh, you know we we our country is broken so it's like and I always took that like our, our country is injured if that's how they're treating some of its citizens our country is injured, so we're taking a knee, and that just made total sense for me. I I, I like to know why. Sometimes. Yeah, no, I, you know what I mean. I like to know why certain things fair. are, it's, it, and it's good um, to know why because you, you you ask questions to educate yourself. Right, right. Like I I have talked to people about the Mormon faith, uh, and this <laughs> I don't want to go down too far a road here, um, because I I want to understand the Mormon faith. I don't I do not wish to join their church. But I want to know about Jesus in America and Brigham Young and all these different things. Just because I'm curious. And I want to, I want a perspective. That'll help me understand. Help me understand why Mormons take to have missions and why they have certain edicts they, they, they have in, in, in their religion. That's why I asked Doug. I want to know. Like, I, I don't know. And that's, I think, what we said in the beginning. We, we need to listen to each other. And understand some things. So someone is, ah, I stand for the flag all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You should be able to do that. But if someone doesn't feel good about the flag and the country where, you know, there, there's a lot of inequality. Yeah, then that that's their right, you know, and call some attention to it. And I think ultimately that's what Colin Kaepernick was doing. Um, I don't know. It's there's so much. Um, was it? um uh, re, 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 reality versus perception, perception versus reality in the NFL across the board. You, you don't know, like we don't, we don't know. We're not privy to visits. Uh, things happen sometimes. You think it's a certain way, it's not. I, I don't know what if it was a football decision. Yeah, you know. But I think in 2018, when they asked them about, you know, how are you going to act? I mean, that could have been across the board an NFL decision. We'll never know. I, I really don't think we no. will. You, you, you know, but th- I'll say this: that guy's a hell of a player. He can throw really well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we saw him here. I mean, they duped it out in the NFC Championship so you, game. You, you, you I mean, think they, somebody would want a player like that on their team, <laughs> right? A great competitor, and you, you know, it's it's interesting, but uh, across the board. I mean, same same time, Femi, you you have kind of like stand to racism, and then you know someone's like the they the the blackout day, and the Washington Redskins did that, and there's so much stuff about their name, yeah. right? Uh, the the name of the Redskins, it's like, it, it, is it hypocritical? <laughs> um, it's it's bizarre um, how the whole thing goes, but I I. Uh, yeah, go ahead, on the on the Kaepernick thing, you know, it's 
I think the frustrating thing for a lot of people, and we saw it play out yesterday with, with just with Drew Brees and saying that like, oh, like I disagree wholeheartedly with anybody who decides to take your right. knee and everything like that. And it's like, and like you mentioned, it's like if you want to stand for the flag with your hand over your heart and belt out the national anthem with whoever's singing it, by all means, like you can do that because right. we have those freedoms. Yeah. But for you to then look down upon somebody who's now taking a knee i mean it's like that's the whole part of the listening thing that i think we've been talking about is like drew oh oh, Uh have you been listening (laughs) over the last four years four or five years kaepernick has been saying hey this is why i take a knee and i think recently uh the video of his media availability after the first day when he originally when he sat down on the bench and didn't take a knee when he originally sat down the reporters asked him said hey why why did you sit down during the national anthem he says this country has a lot of problems and they specifically asked him like, Oh, what are you talking about? He said police brutality as it pertains to people in the black and Brown community. And like he specifically mm-hmm. said why he felt the need to sit down. And then you mentioned it after he spoke with Nate Boyer, then decided to take a knee right. out of respect for the military. And that is why he's been doing it. That's why other players are doing it. They said, Hey, this is something that is an issue in our country. And here we are fast forward to 2020 it's still an issue, and it's the biggest story in our country right now. And then you have somebody of the stature of a Drew Brees not understanding as to why guys decided. Right. And it's like, Drew, are you either you're not listening or you're just in another world? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And I think you saw that's yeah. why a lot of the frustration was being pointed to him. And then, you know, all indications are that Drew Brees, we shouldn't even have to say it, but all indications are that he's a pretty good guy. You know, he donated and helped a lot with Katrina. Uh, especially with the COVID-19 relief, he and his family donate. So it's like all indications are that Drew is a stand-up guy. But as it pertains to this singular topic, there's something there's something mm-hmm. that's being lost there that, or that's something that's not connecting with him that I think that, and I hope through this, that a lot of his teammates will then maybe take him aside and say, hey, Drew, this is why we're doing this. It's for reasons X, Y, and Z. You may not think that that's how we should do it or you may not want to do it that way but this is why and we hope that you can just at least come to terms with that like (laughs) you know we don't need to ask drew Brees if permission if we can do this or not like but please understand where we're coming from yeah and and to to say that and then have teammates who feel differently and then be like okay, yeah, let's go win. A, let's go win a ball game. It's just kind of it's a, it's a matter of respect and yeah. listening to one another. Like I, I don't think you know in that time of that uh, uh, Kaepernick when he was playing and when he met with Nate Boyer. I mean, I, I, I know, I, I really listened to that time and what Nate Boyer had to say and what Kaepernick had to say. But I think to take those two, you want to talk about trading cards. If you could take a picture of those two men, one kneeling, one standing, and mutual respect for one another, that should be what we're striving for. What everybody aspires yeah. to, you know, in that moment. I mean, it, what and and I think I I appreciated Kaepernick's playing ability just because I saw it up so up close. I didn't really begin to learn much about him as a person until what he was standing for, and then getting to talk to Nate Boyer who was an army ranger and a guy who knew he probably wasn't gonna make the team to come here and who was super cool. And to see kind of both these guys come together, like 
why why can't that be your snapshot? So I was kind of with Drew Brees. I'm just kind of like, you gotta you gotta maybe think before you talk, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think a lot of I think a lot of people are are realizing that. Yeah, you know. But going back again, what you said, Drew Brees needs to listen <laughs> rather than 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 talk. And I think everybody, maybe some people feel that need to. Oh, I got to say this. No, maybe maybe just listen. And, and, and then formulate uh, a, a more uh, informed opinion, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I think that's like listen and think before you speak because the, the message is being sent loud and clear as of now. There's no more, why are they doing this? What does this mean? Like it's for a good portion of these four years has been sent loud and clear. And if, if you don't understand it right by now, then, I mean, it's just – Either you're never going to understand or worse, you don't want to understand. And that's we, – we hope it's him just maybe a lapse in judgment or anything like that. But hopefully those conversations are had within his locker room because, like you said, it's it'll be hard to then go and try to r- rally the troops, for lack of a better term, uh, right. after not listening to them when it's something that actually affects their lives on and off of the field. So, so you, yeah. you, you hope that there's uh, – some good that comes out of this uh, thing with Drew Brees there. But yeah, it's just, it's just kind of been the situation. It's, it's been weird uh, with a lot of, there's a lot of sports news that's, that's ironically been coming out this week. And, you know, right. just, I'm just like, wow, like this is the stuff that we've been waiting for, but it's even hard to even get excited about it with what's been going on in the country. But I mean, I, I don't know if, if you're having trouble, maybe it's because I've been off the last couple of days that I, Feels like I'm having trouble even keeping up with what's going on, but I mean, it looks like the NBA is coming back, <laughs> you know? It's, right. It's, yeah. It's, and we and the the women's soccer is coming yeah. back at the end of June. Seems like they, you know that 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 kind of took me out of left field only from a standpoint of funding. Like I I don't I didn't know if the NWSL, I all I could think of when it comes to testing and health of players is that these things cost money, yep. right? the kits and how it tests and, you know, their safety and, and really what they need to do for these athletes of any sport. And the fact that that was the first one to really have a plan come together. I was just like, wow, but I guess the, the guys that run it and where they'll play uh, in Utah, there's, they have some deep pockets and he, I guess, I'm, I'm not sure if it's an individual or the family was like, okay, whatever it takes, let's get, I, I was kind of surprised that it's that. I mean, they, they'll start playing what June 24th, June 30th. Uh, and then you got, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel, I think the NBA thing is great. Uh, and I like that they have some games to play in for seating because I'd hate to have them just go into the playoffs and be like, Oh yeah, here you go. Just go play. Um, I did not like what I saw with the MLS though. And the, did you see that quote from Henry? I Schiff? did not. So it was basically, you know, they got put into a little bit of a corner that you'd be like, and Henry's like, so you're going to lock us out in the middle of a pandemic with no health insurance. And some of these guys have yeah. families. It's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily feel, you know, cause I don't, as you know, there's some guy, I mean, that that's, that's got such a, a variance of salaries. Yeah. And MLS, right. I mean, superstars paid a lot. And then some of those other guys have to get a second job. I mean, at, at other times, if, if they have time, um, but I, I just thought, 
that didn't give me the warm fuzzies, so to speak. I didn't like guys getting backed into a corner. <laughs> yeah. I thought they should have just taken 2020 for what it was, come to some more sort of agreement, and then come back and get their CBA in 21 through 25 under more normal circumstances. Um, but, you know, the league lost, I guess, last night I saw over a billion dollars already. Um, so the, they'll start doing their deal in Orlando as well. But uh, I think July is going to, I mean, normally if I'm right, July is kind of like, oh, great. This is like the middle two weeks of July yeah. or like the lamest in sports, you're, you're right? You're crawling to training camp. <laughs> right, right. After after the All-Star yeah. game. And, and now, so it's, it's, I was thinking on the way in, I'm like, this is going to be this like a really weird uh, summer in, in a good way. But but everything is like just so different. Yeah. And, you and know? I think it hasn't really hit me that these things are starting to come back. I mean, all we've had really is, from a consistent basis is the UFC. Uh, they've been doing holding fights. I think they're about to have their fourth or fifth one uh, since we've been mm-hmm. in the pandemic on Saturday. Golf has done a couple of things. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had a little yeah. skins game. And then last week, a Memorial Day weekend, they had the, the, the match for champions for charity. But, but that was uh, cool. it's, it's, it's kind of weird that like, I think once it gets back, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, we have, this, 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 right. all going on at the same time, and, you know, and it's, it, it's, and we've, been it, waiting. We, we've certainly yeah. been waiting, and unfortunately, it's felt like, like, we're getting a little too used to waiting, uh, because I'm like, right. wow, I really, like, I'm like, I don't even expect to see sports on my TV when I turn the TV on anymore, I'm just like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's on, maybe there's some sort of 30 for 30 documentary, or there's some sort of something right. going on, uh, but I think once we actually see live games in team sports in america i think that's when it'll really hit like wow like sports is back mm-hmm. i guess like you know like yeah you mentioned the nwsl then nba nhl i'm sure will probably be around the same time as nba yep. baseball that's a whole nother discussion uh <laughs> but then i'm not feeling yeah, good about it's, baseball it's, buddy who I, it's 50 50 i think but who knows uh yeah. and that might be being a little optimistic <laughs> but uh uh training camps will be going on during all that stuff and hey september october you're gonna have all these things nfl season nba playoffs nhl playoffs mls going on all at once it's and then they said that i guess the nba season because they the finals would be in october then the season regular season would would start december 1st yeah so it's like they'll have the finals the latest the finals can game seven would be october 12th Training camps would then be November tenth, so it'll be the, it'll be the shortest wow. off season that they've ever had. But I guess the last time they played was March eleventh, and then all the way to July thirty first. I think would be is longer than a traditional off season. So I guess they kind of had uh, an off season in the middle of a of a season. But you know, that's right. as Pete Carroll says, it's pandemic time, so things are a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm not totally convinced. Uh... I don't think we'll see college football in the fall. Yeah, it, that, that's, that's the my, one. I, that I think that I'm like I can't get a read on that. Well, it's got to. I mean, it finances it does. everything, and then that's why. Because I think we've we've talked about it on this podcast in the past of just like, hey, like, how do you have college student athletes coming on campus if students can't come on campus? Like that just morally doesn't even make sense, right? But like you mentioned, right. it finances everything. So you really 
cannot afford to not have it happen in this school year. It's going to have to happen mm-hmm. in the school year, whether that's now or in the fall, in the spring, or what have you. But it's yeah. going to have to happen. Otherwise, athletic departments are going to disappear by the numbers, especially at the group of five level. And even some power five schools, I'm sure, wouldn't be able to withstand a year without football. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one I'm just like, gosh, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. I think Stanford has talked about having waves. Like some students can – a portion can come this time, and then another portion can come this time. And it's to try to condense how many students are on campus. But it just – that is – I don't – I do not envy these presidents and these chancellors. And they're certainly earning their – they're earning right. their checks now uh, these months with this pandemic going on. It d- different times. And, you know, I, I think the NFL could pull it off, but I think it, I mean, one thing that came out in the middle of everything is that, and who knows, I, I don't, I mean, we, we have, we can have a whole nother podcast on vaccines and Anthony yeah. Fauci and different things and that it would be the fastest ever for a vaccine. It's interesting, but I think when you have the world's best scientists working on things and, you know, but he said, I believe yesterday or two days ago that, you know, they're going to have a vaccine in early, uh, late December, early January. And I, and I kind of take everything he says, um, you know, as serious. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I actually believe him. Um, and so it would be interesting if sports begin to look at that and what he says as a timeline for what they can do. So let me ask you this. So, okay, let's say that there's going to have a vaccine, 100 million available in January. Um, the NFL doesn't want a Super Bowl in an empty stadium. They do not. Right? So are they looking at their calendar and saying, hey, let's push everything back a month. We'll still play with no fans. We'll get our testing. We'll start training camp later. And then – or have a longer training camp where you almost have like OTAs, mini camp, give the guys a couple of weeks off, come back, you have a training camp. You know what I mean? When guys could be at facilities – and then they play a season with no fans, spread out the playoffs, and then next thing you know, in the playoffs and then into the Super Bowl, fans are in the stands. I mean, that's that's like ultimate best scenario possibility, right? Um, I just wonder, I just, I just wonder how much they pay attention to that, and that if a vaccine figures into timelines. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky. I think right now what you're hearing from the NFL is that. We're going to continue going forward until we're told we can't go forward. Um, right. But yep, you do bring true. up the Super Bowl as an interesting, like, part of the timeline of, like, hey, the Super Bowl is usually in early February. Are you going to just kind of play your season out and roll the dice and hope that by then you can have fans? Or uh, it's – I don't know how you do that. And And even during the season, it's almost like an unfair advantage if, hey, we played – the Seahawks when they didn't have fans and then this team had to play the Seahawks when they had fans or it's, it's kind of a mm-hmm. weird setup, but uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, they're going to try to keep it as equal as possible. To, but I mean, if it's, if they can allow fans, they're going to have fans. There's no way they're going to bring them back in, but right. it's just how soon would that be? And would they be willing to have a Super Bowl without fans? And I I find that hard to believe, but you know, mm-hmm. hey, maybe they make up for it in the ad revenue because that would definitely be the most watched Super Bowl ever. If there's nobody that's actually <laughs> allowed to go to the game, and then maybe they can yeah. break uh, records in terms of TV ratings and really jack up 
the the price to maybe five million for thirty seconds <laughs> at a Super Bowl. Jeez. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We'll 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 see. It's good to have it's good to have sports back. Yeah. Um I, I think more than anything, it, it was good to have just this conversation. Yeah. And uh I, I appreciate it, man. I love yeah, you. No, I, 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 I love I, you. I know well, we have man. worked a, a long time to, together, but I'm so glad you're here. Uh and I I want nothing but the best for everyone and people to come together and move forward. And, you know, we can only learn from all, all of this stuff that happens in our lives. And we are, I mean, if you're not learning stuff over these past few months about you, your personal lives, uh, how to manage, you know, awkward situations as far as being stuck with people yeah. or, 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 you know, in this pandemic or, or how other people's opinions on a mask or a not a mask, or, you know, down to just, you know, understanding what people that don't look like you maybe are dealing with and having that empathy. I think that's just the, I, I can't, I mean, I'll say it to, uh, to the cows come home, empathy and listening. Uh, that That's what I'm taking away from these past few weeks, you know? Yeah. I, I, it's, listening is, it can help so much in all aspects of life. And all communication platforms. It's, yeah, if we can all just listen. So please listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, yeah. rate, and review. <laughs> I like it. There you go. What that, you're, you're, that 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 might be the best segue ever. <laughs> uh, we oh need a gosh. good laugh every now and then. So I'm glad we got one in at the end. Love but it. no, it was. Uh, Oh, I, I echo your sentiments, Mike, and uh, it, was, it was good chatting with you uh, today. I hope I hope always the people who do listen to this in all sin- uh, sincerity that they get something from it, and you know maybe have those conversations with people that you know and love because that's the only way we're gonna help uh, help fight this battle that we're in that we haven't been acknowledging or giving the proper attention. But uh, hopefully now that with the events of the last week or so that we we do that going forward. Let's hope so. That's uh, that's all we can do. Well, yep. Mike, appreciate it. I'm sure you got a show that you got to put together, but uh, yep. Great talking to you. I'll talk to you probably. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always a pleasure. But like we mentioned, subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Spotify, uh, and with that, let's uh, we'll let that be that. Another episode in the books. I'll talk to you soon, Mike.